Hey everybody, what's going on? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. This episode is brought to you by Dr. Paintball, where they will help you finance paintball gear, because we know paintball is freaking expensive. <laughs> so what they do is they actually have a, a program set up where they can uh, they can help you, you know, finance all the gear that you need, paintball markers, gear bags, anything that you can think of, they can help you out with. They also have an about me slash kind of paintball blog section where they have all kinds of content that you can uh, you can go look at. They have anywhere from uh, tutorial videos to, you know, up-to-date gossip of what's going on in the paintball world. So uh, make sure you head over there to drpaintball.com and they can help you get the paintball marker that you've always wanted. So that's awesome. Uh, thank you, Dr. Paintball. We are also brought to you by Charm City Paintball who uh, they actually make uh, these nifty little headbands right here. And uh, this one I'll be giving away at the end of the podcast, so make sure you stick around to the end. Um, but they use only name brand uh, quality fabrics like Mossy Oak, um, Skyline, Realtree. Uh, they use like a genu- genuine Tiger Stripe 2 and, and military fabrics for all of their headbands. And all of them are a limited run of I think 10 or 15 or less excuse me so so it's a limited quantity uh it's a great fabric he also has like he's getting some black gucci in and he uses high-end stuff like that so make sure you head over to his uh, facebook page uh, charm city paintball and you can see all of that and shoot him a few questions if you have any so thank you to charm city we are also brought to you by carbon paintball who uh who make this base layer that i've been using ever since they uh, they had me try it on but it integrates uh this compression fit a pant and top with these elbow pads and a little bit of uh, protection around the hips and everything when you're sliding but I, I've been wearing those hands down as have been some of the best pads I've ever worn um, you know the knee pads stay in place the elbow pads stay in place and they're constantly trying to to figure out how to make it better for the paintball player. So make sure you head over to carbonpaintball.com and if you type in capital TPOP at checkout, you can get 10% off your entire order. So thank you to Carbon Paintball. And we are also brought to you by Planet Eclipse. Each and every episode is brought to you by Planet Eclipse. They manufacture the best paintball markers on the planet. Uh, markers like the LV1, the newest LV1.5, the CS1. Uh, point five. They've made the GSL. I mean, you guys know who they are. They they are a company that strives to be the best, and uh, you know they have been putting out year after year, uh, you know the best paintball markers on the planet. So, uh, hats off to them, and thank you to them also for sponsoring this podcast. I I shoot an LV one, and I I will never turn back because <laughs> that thing is just it shoots tits, man. It's so sweet. So uh, thank you to Planet Eclipse and all of our sponsors. This episode is with uh, with Alex Gray, and he is from Seattle Uprising. That team has, you know, they, they haven't cracked. You know, I haven't really, I don't really know if they made Sunday or not. But if they have, they haven't gone very far. But they've, they've made some progress, and they have come pretty damn far, if you ask me. Uh, from the semi-pro days and these uh, these past few years or a year man I should have <laughs> researched it a little bit but it feels like I've been playing them forever because so far every tournament this year we have played them 
and they've beat us two out of the three times that we've played them already. And it's always a close match, man. They, they always give us a match. And uh, Alex is one of those kids who will be in your face and plays lights out. And you, you know it because he called, you know, Maddie and Todd up there in the booth. They, they're calling his name out. So, uh, it, you know, Uprising is a group of a bunch of hungry and young guys. So, dude, they're, they're, they're coming through. And this was an awesome conversation with uh, with Alex just because, it's it's cool to hear the side of the you know the side of the story of somebody coming up into the game or who has you know come up through the ranks nowadays. He's only 22 years old, so he's still a little baby and you know he came up in something that was a lot different than what I came up through. So to have his story and and listen to it of how he came through and it was really mostly just tournament paintball it wasn't any kind of woods it wasn't anything else but modern paintball was, was pretty interesting so so i had a good time and uh i hope you guys too thanks for listening all right holy shit that took forever <laughs> <laughs> so alex how you doing man doing great brother what, uh, where are you located at? I'm located in Manhattan, New York, the Big Apple. Really? Even though you play for uh, Seattle Uprising? Yeah, it's uh, pretty crazy. Um, so I, I, go to, I go to school. I'm, I'm going to be a senior at San Diego State. Mm-hmm. I, gr- I grew up in Long Island, New York. So hang on, so hang and... on. So you play for <laughs> Seattle Uprising, you live in Manhattan, and then yeah. you are a student at San Diego State. And I was born in Atlanta, Georgia, so I've got the four <laughs> corners of the country pinned. <laughs> nice, nice. So how did that, okay, so let's do this. Before we get into um, your whole background and everything, let's go back to the beginning. What, are you, is your family based out of, uh, you said Atlanta? Um, that's, where, my mom, that's where you were born? My mom grew up in Greensboro, South, Car- South Carolina, or North Carolina, sorry. Uh, my dad grew up in Long Island, New York. When I was born, um, they lived in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, because of my mom's business, she moved to New York. She worked in the city. And I grew up in a very small town called uh, Manhasset, which is 25 minutes outside of the city. So it's like a commuter town for her to go back and forth every day. Mm-hmm. So... All those uh, families out there, my my mom is uh, she's self-made, and uh, you women out there, you can do it too. She she works every day, and she's provided for us my entire life. So what does she do exactly again? She works in the fashion industry, so they do yoga pants um, for like Kirkland yoga that you see in uh, in Costco mm-hmm. and uh, private label and all those types of things. Now, did she started her own company, or is she working for somebody? She didn't start her own company, but um, she has a partner, and they kind of started their own business together. It's called nice. Authentic Lifestyle Products, and um, yeah. Very cool, man. That's a, that's always something to be proud of because, you know, in times, you know, even back even back when your parents were, were coming up, and, uh, you know, how, how old are you? 22. 22 so yeah I mean they're not they're not that old and and even uh, even my parents but now it's, it's it's so tough to start a business because there's so many different things going on and everybody's trying to do the same thing and 
you know, it, it takes balls to start a business and to start out on your own because I feel like, you know, nothing against people, you know, going to college or doing certain things or this or that, but it just takes balls to kind of dive into something and try and make it work when you really don't know the outcome. I mean, that's a, that's a business. You, you, you try and make something work when you don't know what's going to happen. Absolutely, absolutely. But on the same token, I think that uh, although it's very difficult, there's never been a better time because of this digital age that we're living through. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at you right now. You're doing a podcast, and at the drop of a dime, everyone in the world can tune in and, and listen to you do that. At least I hope and everybody so, in the world would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're getting there. We're getting yeah. there. This is just the start. But yeah, now, I mean, with social media, with Instagram, I mean, you can you can build your uh, your business uh, using influencers and and marketing and and it's just different than you know email marketing or the word of mouth marketing that that used to be once upon a time. Uh, everything's just on a different level. I, I feel like the access to information and the access to reach people now is it's limitless, honestly. Yeah, yeah, and I you know I see that now because I kind of came. I came up through, I'm 31, and I came up through the age where, you know, I didn't get a cell phone until I was, you know, 16, like halfway through high school, and mm-hmm. even then, it was, it was so Stone Age, because, you know, I say Stone Age, and cell phones came out, and, you know, how long ago, but at least the ones that I used, uh, you know, you had to, there was no texting, you know, it, there barely was any, you had to call everybody, and, and the, the way I see, or the way I'm looking at things is, is like, you have to be you have to be authentic or you have to be super original to and, and, and know a lot of people and get your name out there or you have to do something outlandish to be seen on the internet because I feel like it's it's like a 50-50 or a catch-22, right? There's so many people, there's so many things that need to be filtered out to find whatever somebody's trying to find or look for but at the same time, that access is available to anybody who wants it. You know, so absolutely, so it, it's, absolutely, it's so tough it, to to find that middle ground and do that little thing that breaks out because everybody's trying to do the same thing. Absolutely. Um, if I could get back to what you're talking about, because this this started with uh, starting a business. Yeah. Uh, the the best advice that I have, uh, I I'm in the Lab and Entrepreneurship Program at SDSU. The the best advice that I've culminated for starting a business is I remember in high school I used to sit around with my buddies. And we would, we would talk for hours about ideas. We would just, hey, what's the best idea we can think of that can start a business? And you're gonna lose yourself in time and you're just gonna lose yourself with all the different variables. The best way to start a business is to discover a solution to a problem. And mm-hmm. usually that problem is something you experience yourself because you know how it affects you. And there's often more than not a better way that something can be done. Right. So if, if, if you're listening out there and, and you want to start a business, I would really start with thinking about what bothers you in society and what's your solution for that, and you go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it just comes down to the basics of, you know, I don't want to pick that, that hot meat up with my hands, so what can I use to pick it up and put it in my right. mouth? So, right. you know, it, it, it's exactly that. It's solution to problems, and I agree completely. Now, now, what you touched on though is a whole nother ball game 
getting noticed and right that's like you know you could have a great idea you can have a great solution but marketing is a whole nother ball game mm -hmm. breaking through all the the attention that that's there nowadays it's crazy i feel like commercials we we spend no time watching them nowadays or uh wallpapers outside instagram is like this marketing of of every business and who can capture everyone's attention through a platform such as that it maybe determines if they're successful and that's a whole nother ball game than than the solution itself yeah, I mean, Instagram has become this uh, self-advertising, you know, even though it's it's for, you know, the individuals to, you know, show the world themselves or even just, just to do anything that they want as far as uh, they know it's public, but they, they make it like it's private, you know, some of the pictures that they right. take, but but that's them, that's who they are. And right. it's a, I, think, I feel like, to me, Instagram is so much more of a... Uh, so much of a better platform as far as I'm concerned because I, Facebook is cool, but I love taking pictures. I love viewing things. I'm I'm so visual, and mm -hmm. I I think Instagram is just you know one of the better ways to to get your point across or your message of whatever you're trying to do, or complete Absolutely. yourself. I don't know. I don't know what you're trying to do. Yeah, or brand yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, and that's it's, that's uh... kind of what it is too. Uh, it's branding yourself. It's like even with, with with bands or individuals back then who didn't have the Instagram, the internet, and all that, they had to figure out a way to brand themselves. And I think that's why you know some of the stars out there were so outlandish back then, and you know were so you know flamboyant with their you know their performances on stage because it was all word of mouth. And then. So it's right. all it's all the times, right? So now you have to oh, take yeah. advantage of what is available for you at this time to to get yourself you know, noticed or your idea uh, noticed. And you know, as we're talking about it too, I think about the show Shark Tank, right? So oh yeah, I think that's a perfect example not only of being able to have an idea or or an idea that works and that is that is completely sellable, saleable, whatever. Uh, but you have to be able to sell it to those people, right? You could have a great idea, but if you can't pitch it and make them want it, then they have no reason to need it. You know what I mean? The value of communication. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you know, so crazy. The value of communication, and um, some can do it, some can't, and th and that's why you know, pick your strengths, right? If you're if you're that person that has the idea. And you don't think you of yourself as the best marketer or the best communicator? Team up. Find someone you know that that has that skill, and um, you know that's that's what makes it all work. You know, like in paintball, you got your back players, you got your mid players, and you got your front players. And when yep. everyone's doing their job and doing it on a high level, you know, it it culminates to success. And that's that applies to everything. Yeah. Business. You know, sports. I mean, you name it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, life. Period. Life. <laughs> life. So let's go back to paintball. Um, sure. Since that's <laughs> that's what we we started. Yeah, we're, I love we're it, not though. a business podcast, it, but this it's is a paintball podcast. But 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 you know what? Uh, everybody has an Instagram. Everybody has a Facebook. Everybody's trying to do. Every everybody's trying to break out and and get noticed. I don't want to see and and be famous because, you know. Obviously, every, everybody wants to succeed. Let's say it doesn't have to be become famous. It just succeed in general, right? So right. anyway, let, let's talk about PayPal. <laughs> um, so your family moved up to New York. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, you were how old when, when you guys moved up there? Eight years old. Oh, so you're a little guy. Yep, little Alex. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I used to get I used to get made fun of because I I couldn't touch the air station. They had to, they had to I had to jump on the counter to, to press it down. So shit. When when did you start playing, or when were you introduced to paintball? <sighs> Man, um, I was introduced uh, to Cousins Indoor Paintball, which is um, Hop Hog, Long Island. Uh, I saw an internet ad. Actually, no, let's tell the fucking truth. I found out about paintball because I turned on ESPN in 2006 and I saw someone like yourself playing in the Mohegan Sun League. I was in that. Yeah, I was in that. Yeah. Dude, yes, I talk about this all the time. Uh, We can get into this, right? I want to see paintball back on ESPN one day. What's it going to take, et cetera? Mm -hmm. But I would not be playing paintball right now if I did not tune into ESPN and watch. The Naughty Dogs, Dynasty, Excessive, all of these teams, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was like, damn, this is a sport. These guys are running around. They're athletic. They're diving. They're shooting. They're running. Like this is cool. Yeah. Let me let me go and figure it out, right? So, you know, Google search paintball. Next thing you know, uh, you find yourself at an indoor paintball place, and um, as far as like competitive, uh, for me, you know, you just went for fun. You were scared as shit. You, you just hide behind the bunker. You really wouldn't engage. Yeah. And uh, I remember they were called Monday Night Power Sessions. And that's when the divisional players would come down. And there would be like a line of 50 people waiting to get on the field. And, uh, oh, man, it was so cool. Like seeing these guys in 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 jerseys with with the the guns that were, you know, automatic and uh, mm-hmm. different colors and it was just also fascinating to me yeah it's another world uh, it's just another world you know it's a whole another ball game mm-hmm. and just like any other sport you know I grew up playing football I grew up playing lacrosse I mean there's um there's a totem pole there's a hierarchy to it you know and and you start at the bottom in anything that you do and the only way to grow is to just play against the big boys you know yeah yeah, and um, I took it from there. Yeah, there, you know, I think every field had some kind of like divisional night where everybody just got together. Like we, our field in uh, here in Toledo, we had Big Welt Wednesdays, and Big Welt Wednesdays, Big Welt Wednesdays. <laughs> Dude, I miss it so much because there used to bring we used to bring people in from uh, players from Michigan, from Indiana, from Southern Ohio, and what what year is this? Oh, man, this is probably two thousand two thousand three. 2002, nice. 2003, four, somewhere nice. around there. Like right nice. when I was playing for Tittman. Yeah. Okay. And and dude, it was so much fun because it was all my friends and everything. And and that's that's paintball, man. Is playing with your friends, having a good time, not taking it too serious. I don't want to say that back then paintball was more fun. I think it was internally for me. I've always been competitive. No matter what okay. I've, well, no matter what I've done, um, you know, back then I was very competitive, but I was definitely in it for, you know, to to be a better paintball player, but to have fun, hands down. Back then, I saw my friends, you know, we got together. This that was something that we had in common, and that we just enjoyed playing with each other. Now it's a little bit different story. You know, I have fun regardless, no matter what. But uh, mm-hmm. but there's a little bit more behind it than you know. I want to win a a fucking championship 
you know, I, right. I want to I win a tournament, right. you know, and I'm not letting anything stop me. So there's there's a few things that are a little bit different. But but, you know, back then there was there, there was a lot that goes into it. And it's funny that you had discovered it uh, and watched that back in 2006. And that's when I was on excessive. That was my man, that was my second year on excessive. And, you know, there's a few guys even on my team that they're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I I uh, I remember when you were playing on excessive. And I was like, man, am I that old? I can't believe I've been playing for this long and I'm still like semi somewhat relevant and, you know, keeping up with you mm-hmm. kids and everything. And it's just, it's so much fun though. And it kind of goes to show that anybody can play, man. You put your mind to it and, you know, depending on where you want to play, obviously I'm not going to be able to play up front or you're not going to be able to play up front for your entire career. Um, or I'm like, already feeling it. I was going to say, maybe I'll just do My lower it. back, bro. My knees. <laughs> I'll just My play knees. front until I cannot play anymore, and then I'm just yep. going to stop. I won't even play back. Yep. It's the <laughs> price we pay, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, what, what, do you wish you could go back to yourself in, in 2003 uh, at the age you are now and tell yourself, like, hey, man, like you should enjoy this more? Or, or do you feel like you enjoyed it to the fullest back then? <sighs> Um, I, I don't think I took anything you would change. I don't think I would change anything. Um, because I I don't think changing anything would result in the outcome we have now. Um, but I feel like there's things that I would tell myself. I I would tell myself to, uh, you know, cherish these moments a little bit more than, you know, take them, don't take them for granted so much because it's, it doesn't last. Like I'm playing paintball at the, you know, the level I am now, but my body's not where it was and you know i i've gained the knowledge but you know it's just you, you take things for granted when you're younger you know you just you feel like you're invincible and that you know nothing can happen to you and that's kind of how i was playing and i was so naive man i was so naive <laughs> I'll, I'd, I'd probably slap myself in the face and be like dude <laughs> settle down get it together bro <laughs> get it together you're having fun i understand that but uh but relax yeah, it's crazy. No. You don't you don't know what you have until it's gone. No, you don't. And I try and tell everybody this all the time. It's like, um, you know, I, I lost in the last five years. I've lost almost all of my grandparents, and you know, some aunts, some uncles, uh, a few friends. And it's sorry to hear that, dude. No, I mean it's it's life, man. It, it's crazy because there is, and my my grandmother had this had this funeral she it was a a celebration of life and it was it kind of changed my perspective on what i wanted to do with Mm -hmm. uh you know it you know god forbid something were to happen to me and my wife had to bury me whatever but it was called the celebration of life and there was no there was no casket there was no black there was no um you know there were people mourning but there was a there was a projector and it was just showing all these moments and times of of happiness with her and there was food and there was family and it was gathering and it was it was a celebration of life and I 100% think that's what I want to do or I know that that's what I want to do and that's what you should do man whenever somebody passes or you want to celebrate every single moment that you have with somebody I mean you have to it's just you you never know what's going to happen in the next 10 minutes tomorrow in a year from now you no one knows no one knows you can only prepare damn that's crazy um, yeah, I, is you know, on the topic of death and, and family death. Um, when I was a, a senior in high school, so this was probably, uh, 2014 or two, yeah, 2000, 2013 going into 2014. Mm-hmm. My cousin was, uh, 26 or 27 
and uh, he, he took his own life and it, it took us all by surprise. I didn't even know uh, at the time, you know, because as you get older and you get more responsibilities, you get deeper into what you have going on. And, yeah. and it's no one's fault, right? We all get busy with responsibilities and priorities and, and life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just never knew at the time uh, how uncomfortable someone like he was in, in a setting. Yeah, you know, because people they're they're reserved. They they don't open up. They show a smile, and everyone goes on a different journey in life, and and different things happen. I yeah. don't know what what added up to that to that moment for him, but when I was uh, when I was at the the funeral, um, seeing how how young he was, and and to see him go, I did a lot of reflecting myself, a lot of a lot of perspective, and I said, all right, like you know, what if that was you, and um, what if you were to go out this early, what would you have to say for yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, would you be satisfied? Um, would you be proud of your accomplishments? And, um, you know, truth be told, I said to myself, I could be doing more. Yeah. That, that's what I said to myself, right? I, I can be doing more. Whatever it is, um, you, you can be doing more. You can be doing better. And that kind of sparked uh, my relentless relentless journey to play professional paintball yeah which we will and, get to uh, yeah i promise yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> but uh, for all of everybody like, listening we will we will get there <laughs> yep yep absolutely but um it, different moments in life right they they, they spark different inspirations mm-hmm. um they spark different um motivations um i think to view everything as a positive is is the only way we can do it yeah Right. And it's been a positive journey, so I, I can't complain. Good. No, I, I agree, man. I, I think that if you if you don't look at this thing we call life in a positive manner, it just attracts negativity and it attracts negative vibes. And, you know, you know, somebody like you said, your cousin was the one who uh, mm-hmm. who, who took mm-hmm. his own life. Like you can't you can try so hard. You can try to put yourself in his shoes, but you're in your shoes. You can only yep. you can only imagine, and you can't even do that because you really don't know what was going through his head. And that's why I try go and try and go through every single day with a smile on my face, treat everybody as if you know it was the first time. Well, not as if it was the first time meeting him, but just like you know, as if they were having a great day, and I'm having a great day, and I don't want to you know put a damper. I don't know what they're going through, but I don't want them after our experience to you know to have a bad day. If anything, I want to make them smile. So. Because you, you don't know. No one knows what everybody else is going through. And 100%. You, you just, I don't know. You, life's too short. Life's too short to even even try and be negative about it. And obviously things are going to happen. Uh, you know, But you have to pull the positivity out of it. Otherwise, it's just going to overcome you. 100%. Mindfulness, awareness, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Especially within the paintball community. You know, it's it, it's it's a small niche community. We all need to have each other's backs. I, I see such a difference when I play in America versus I play in, in uh, Europe. I've been playing the uh, this this past season. Is um, it's very competitive in America. That's that's our culture, right? It's an individualistic mm-hmm. culture. You have to be number one. Um, you have to be number one. Yeah. You know, and um, when I play in Europe and just playing this last tournament in London in July and the Nations Cup, it's unbelievable, man. Like, everyone's high-fiving. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're from. It's honestly just like 
this this joy of competing for fun yeah more so than competing and if you don't perform at a certain level like you're going to be miserable for you know x amount of time yeah um i don't know just something i've 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 noticed or, or experienced so it definitely as far as what you're saying about you you don't know what what anyone's going through i try to catch myself every day doing that even when i'm stressed is to just uh anyone i interact with hopefully i can do it with a smile and um we all have the power to make each other's days. Yeah, yeah. Wake up hungry and go to bed full. I mean, that's as, great stuff. Yeah, as far as emotions go, like that, or just you know your day in general. Just. Mm-hmm. So let's. <laughs> I love the tangents. That's great. Um, <laughs> let's let's go back to when you uh, when you were watching me cut people down on ESPN, and you decided to play paintball because you watched me uh, playing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But <laughs> um, so. Yeah. So after you watched, what's up? No, I was gonna say um, where I got to know you was ETVs back on iTunes in 2008, I believe it was when you were playing for Avalanche. I remember those. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, man. I was yeah. uh, I was a I was a junkie in in like sixth grade. I was I was downloading all of those episodes, seeing you compete at you know like Huntington Beach, and I was just I was hooked. Um, and that's the power of, of broadcasting, right? You never know who you're going to reach and whoever yeah. you reach, you never know what journey they're going to take and, and you never know where you can find yourself if you put your mind to it. Oh so. yeah. I'm, I'm still a paintball nerd too, man. I, I, I watch all the videos <laughs> and everything like that. I'm not, I'm not really big on, and I've never really big, been big on forums and going on there and like typing up on forums. I've always been visual. Like I said, it's, oh yeah, I'm, I'm remember, videos remember, and everything. Uh, PB star. Oh Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. Was, I used to watch all those X Fall matches. Yep. There's War Pig had some. War Pig, War Pig had more pictures than PB Star, and there's yeah, all of Dan Napoli's work, of, of Jawbreakers and all that, you know. And, and uh, can't forget about uh, Pat. Have you ever seen uh, like Sunday Drivers or Push or anything like that? I've been told to watch those. Homework. By, uh, Homework. Yeah, I gotta I gotta watch those. I'm a big fan of uh, the Sunday Drivers. Okay. So I recommend right, that, but push, dude, push is push is a must watch, but so is Sunday Drivers, and the serial okay. and the serial killer killer series one and two, dude, those are those are nasty. Yeah, no, I, I have, uh, I've seen through YouTube actually um, some of the serial killers work, and um, I love it. I love um, you know getting to know characters, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone's got a story. Every every individual. And um, we need to do a better job of telling those stories and uh, allowing our audience to connect with each individual athlete because there's value to that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's why I'm. That's a big reason, anyway, why I'm doing this. You know, I want uh, I want everybody to know, you know, where everybody's coming from, and what mm-hmm. better way than uh, than good old conversation and with a little help from video. No so, doubt. <laughs> all right. So you uh, you discover paintball. Uh, you, you, you beg your mom to go to, to go to cousins and go check it out. And, and you, you go to these, uh, not big what Wednesdays, what'd you guys call them? The, they were the power sessions, the Monday night power, power sessions. sessions. Yep. Yep. Nice. And you, did you instantly start playing, trying to play like at the tournament level, not the tournament level, but as speedball goes, like, did you try and get into that right away or did you start a little bit in the woods or how'd you, where'd you? Go as far never, as n- never in the woods. That's uh, that's not in my paintball DNA. 
uh, I know a lot for the up-and-coming players, right? Speedball is all we know. And I know there's a yeah. lot of value, a lot of value to the woods and whatnot, but uh, especially anyone I interact with on a daily basis, when you tell them you play paintball, their first impression is the woods. And I, that's always tough for me because it's been a sport to me ever since I've been involved. Yeah. The, first, the first tournament I ever played was uh, a Young Guns three-man tournament at the indoor. And um, ever since then, it's just always been competing. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy because I, I mean, I, I honestly only played my, you know, half of my first year, I think, was in the woods. And that, and that was just going here and there, not really knowing the tournament mm-hmm. side until I, I found the indoor and then instantly just went over to speedball and started playing it because I'm so competitive. I played football and baseball uh, during my high school career. And, you know, just that competitive level, I felt more on the speedball field than I did in the woods. Yeah. So, so. Did you have any friends or anything like that that were, you know, into paintball, or were you kind of a, a lone soldier going out there finding it yourself? Yeah, so you you make friends, right? Like when you go to the field. I didn't have anyone from my town necessarily that was into it as much as me, mm-hmm. and uh, it was kind of like, hey, mom, like, can you take me to the field? Hey, dad, every every to get to the field was always. Uh, um, a 45 minute journey or convincing priority for me, you know, it wasn't just easy. Cause they're like, well, you want to go play paintball? I'm like, I'm so passionate about it. Please take me, drop me off, go do something for a couple yeah. hours and then, you know, come pick me up. And I thank them so much now, just even thinking about that right now, looking back on all those nights, I mean, once a week they, they, they did that for me. So that was so huge. And, uh, as you go to the field, right? Like, it's uh, you're just you're dropped off into this this world this this whole setting that you kind of just fall in love with and different characters and you you watch people just come and go in paintball you know yeah. there there there's friends you you have you make and they do real life and you're still going and then there's new people that you make and you travel to new places and there's new friends that you make right. and they come and go and if you want to stay it's 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 yours for the taking it's not going anywhere, or at least I hope not. So, so were you? Uh, you said you played lacrosse and football mm-hmm. in high school. Yes. And none of those guys played paintball or knew what paintball was. I got I got made fun of, dude. Like I got it bad in middle school. Like you know the insecure seventh grade stage. Like I got it. Like oh man, let's go with our Tipman fucking sixty ninety fives and let's go shoot each other in the woods. Yeah. You know, and I'm like. All right, all right, dude. You know, sick. You keep doing what you're doing. Like, I'll compete with you in this, but uh, I'm gonna go fucking play this as well because it brings me fulfillment. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm happy. So. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, it's, so so you play a three man tournament. How'd you guys do? Mm-hmm. Oh man, one match. We won one match. One. Yeah. Nice. I remember too. I uh, it, it was it was the reason we won the match was because I made a conscious decision in my mind to make a move, mm-hmm. to go bunker someone. And that's the first time I ever really took a leap like that and caught someone off guard. And it's just crazy thinking about it right now. Like, but that's, that's what it is, right? Like, Just making a decision consciously, like I'm gonna send this right now. I'm not gonna be reserved, I'm not gonna Try not to make a mistake. I'm gonna push the envelope 
force the issue, makes create something, make something happen. Right. And um, that's we we won the point. I, I ran through on one kid and kind of shot the other kid. The feeling it gave me is indescribable in that moment. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, I mean, we all know it, right? Whatever sport you play, you, you shoot a lacrosse ball and it's top shelf. You know the feeling that you get. You you catch a touchdown pass. You know the feeling that you get. Same thing in paintball, and and maybe even a little bit more when you when you bunker someone. That that feeling is is unbelievable. Yeah. So so you guys you win one game, and mm-hmm. uh, you're not distraught or anything, right? You're you're hooked. You're you're ready to play more. You're ready to get better. Or are you kind of like, oh man, I don't know if this is for me. We didn't we didn't do really that well. Like where where was your mindset at that point? Too hooked. Too hooked. I, ever since then, it was forget about it. It's like, what what can I do to get better? Um, what gear do I need? Like, let's let's go all in on this, and and and, and balance, right? Of course, you have to balance with with school and other sports you're playing and and whatnot. But um, that fulfillment that I got that that moment um, was unmatched in, in anything that I had ever done until that time. Nice. Now. now- now, now that you are hooked, where do you, you know, keep playing with these guys that you played in the three men tournament, or what? What was the next team that you played for, and and what was your, what was your journey onto Seattle Uprising? Where did that come from? Let's see. Um, World Cup 2007, and I'll try to do this uh, in in order. World Cup 2007, uh, I flew down. And I guested with uh, Long Island Caretakers Division Four. You're looking at I notes, aren't you? Maybe. No, I'm not. I'm not. You're I'm not looking at notes. I'm, you look like you're no, looking I'm at not. notes. <laughs> no, no, no. This is off the cuff, bro. No, that's all right. That's uh, all right. Uh, Long Island Caretakers uh, 2007. I played like a point, but I remember um, watching the the pros from the stands for the first time at a PSP tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so unbelievable um, to me. 2008. Uh, we kind of created a team in Long Island, and uh, Murderers Row was the team name. I remember my dad helped me uh, name that team. Um, and I shouldn't have been playing Division Two at the time, but I kind of just got forced in it. And um, this is this is how I got better. So the guys who are the Brooklyn Bears right now, the, the successful semi-professional team, mm-hmm. they were Riptide Division One at the time. And we were trying to play Division Two, and we would scrimmage them every uh, Wednesday night, I, I believe it was. And I just got the shit kicked out of me every single week, like every night. I got sent to the. My coach would send me to the the little rolly next to the X or to the X or to some some fifty yard line every time. Mm-hmm. And I remember just getting ten on my back every single <laughs> night. And dude, that's the only way to get better. Yeah. Right. It's to just get your your shit pushed in, and then all of a sudden you start fighting back a little bit more each week, mm-hmm. and then um, that's how you ascend really quickly. Honestly, is you match yourself up against competition that's better than you, and you have no choice. Either you can fold and you can take your beatings, or you can start fighting back. And you'll start you'll start thinking quick quicker. You'll start processing things quicker, and. Um, the game speeds up at that level. It was like uh, I, I just did a podcast with Nick Laval, and um, him and I were kind of talking about 
or he actually had brought up how he thinks um, some of the top players play, and it's figuring out these different problems faster than you know the other players. And I think that's kind of what you're talking about is you know you want to you want to match yourself up with somebody you know equal, if not hopefully better than you uh, across the field, and be able to you know outwit them or out out snap them or something like that and that's that's what I feel like I've always done right is um is I've went out and I played with my friends and what I would always do is if if there's not really the competition that I feel is there to kind of you know put me on my heels then I would always go opposite of all my friends mm-hmm. and um anytime I did that I feel like I just started you know slowly getting better and being able to figure out those problems that much faster absolutely so um for about the next 10 minutes or so uh we are going to try something new on the playing on podcast hopefully it works i don't know if it's going to or not because (laughs) uh, i'm wearing headphones and i'm using an external microphone so i'm gonna try and do it through my laptop speakers and hopefully the mic doesn't pick it up too much and I don't want to get too much feedback or whatever but just so people can hear but we're going to go live on my Facebook and uh, I believe Alex is going to go live on his Instagram we're going to take some uh, some questions from from uh, some people on the uh, the interwebs yeah so, ab- absolutely and um, so I, ha- I, I, I posted about this earlier today on Facebook uh, Instagram and uh, I I told people to comment on the live sections, any questions that they had, where they're from, their name, their team, uh, etc. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people already commented, so I thought maybe we can start off with some of those to get the ball rolling. Yeah, we can. And do that. then when people start commenting, we can uh, answer on the spot. And and we will go back to Alex's story on how he got to Seattle Uprising. But just for the next ten <laughs> minutes, we're gonna kind of. I'm gonna go live on mine, just to make sure right. I have it set up correctly, which. I am live. How's the audio? Is the audio still good? Uh, I'm not yeah, feeding back. Anymore. Okay. I could probably take these off then. All right. So, you can kind of hear me through right. the... Pam, uh, I'm here with Carl Markowski. Uh, player for Chicago Aftershock. We're doing the Playing On podcast, uh, and I had the idea for him today to do uh, a live format. And he's live on Facebook right now. Follow him at uh, Carl Markowski. I'm live here on Instagram, and uh, we want to engage the community. You know, we want to engage the paintball community. We want to see where you're from, what team you play for, and we want to allow you to answer some questions. So I'm going to get started with some questions uh, that were sent to me today, and then I will uh, try to, we will try to answer questions in the comment sections. So first, uh, Brad Baldwin from San Francisco. You guys all know him from um, Instagram as at from inside the net. I think he's the best photographer in paintball. Oh, Brad. He I know Brad. To, yeah, yeah. He wants to know... Carl, uh, what would you like the NXL to do to further the pro division and bring in outside sponsorship dollars? That's, that's, I feel, such a tough question because I feel like 
everybody is trying to answer that <laughs> and nobody has come up with the right decision um, but I would like to see um, to, to possibly have maybe the outside companies like GoPro Red Bull something something along those lines even Nike or Adidas have them instead of sponsoring the uh, you know individual teams have them actually maybe sponsor the league increase the pay or the you know the purse the payout whatever you want to call it and really focus on you know getting that pro game nice and tight and visual for new anybody new watching the game that's what we're trying to do because it's so complicated of a game to try and follow and to try and pick up when you really have no idea what's going on you want to figure that out and i feel like if we Dude, it, it would be so much more equal to across the board if, if each team had some kind of budget that they were by, but nobody does. You know, the guys that are at the top of their game are getting paid to play and are playing every single weekend when they can. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, the, you know, the lower teams don't have that, but we don't have the same opportunities, I feel. And um, I think just bringing that, that money into the league and maybe increasing the purse and putting money into advertising, I think, would be would be best for the team or for the league anyway. No doubt. Um, my answer to this, Brad, um, I think um, I mentioned this to my boss uh, earlier this summer, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Some of you know him on Instagram is at Gary V. I told him uh, one of my goals is to get paintball back on ESPN. I told Carl earlier, you know, the reason I'm playing now is because I saw it on ESPN back in 2006. And um, he said to me, don't think about it just trying to be on ESPN. Think about the digital age that we're living to um, with the over-the-top content, which is streaming live on, on the internet. And um, think about different mediums you can stream paintball through, like uh, something like a Facebook. Like if Facebook were to uh, sign with professional paintball right now, uh, the streaming capabilities are unlimited. So that's one thing is the different methods of streaming that I think we need to take advantage of. Uh -huh. And another thing is the format, right? So I love X-Ball. I love playing five on five. It's great. But I think for uh, the average viewer, it's very tough to follow, right? The one thing that paintball lacks that other sports have is a focal point. Paintball has five guys doing five different things. And whether it's basketball, whether it's football, uh, they have one ball and anyone can follow what that's doing if it goes in the net that's good so I think we need to limit the format I really think uh, it should be down to two maybe two on two maybe even three on three but I think that format with uh, a smaller field with an enclosed arena kind of like an indoor arena football league almost like the vision I have is people in the stands with the with the you know pocket hands and uh, and uh, limited paint as well. I think um, the matches kind of last too long and some of the strategy is um, too elongated and I think maybe one to two pods max. So let's get to the next question. Um, Daniel Bergman from LA, he's a free agent and he wants to know what do you love most about our sport? Uh, there's so much. <laughs> But I'd say what I what I love most about it is um, is the fact that I'm still able to do this, and I'm I'm still friends with everybody that 
I've seen over the years, and the camaraderie I think of paintball. I think I think that's the biggest thing that I like because I've I've gained so many friends not only on the pro level, um, but when I first started playing, I, I've gained so many friends through paintball, and I, and I think the camaraderie and the friendship is hands down probably probably the best thing that I love that I love about paintball. Absolutely. I totally agree with Carl. I think the relationships you you make that that's really what matters. Um, if I could add anything to that, I'd say probably traveling. It's really awesome to travel. You know, like yeah, who would have known uh, I would have picked up this sport and been able to go to London, to go to France, uh, to go to Europe, to go. I mean, there's plenty of opportunities. Paintball exists all over the world. And if you can travel and see the world and at the same time bring your paintball gun, I think that's, uh, that's one of the coolest things. Yeah. Um, Carl, do you have any, any um, question on your, on your Facebook live feed or do you want me to? Uh, no, just people watching, going. observing. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm going to continue. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Boyum from Sacramento. He plays for DMG. He wants to know. Who are your three best gunfighters in the current pro division? In the current pro division, top three gunfighters. I would have to say, uh, in no particular order, I would have to say uh, Archie has a nasty shot. Um, Goldman has a pretty nasty shot. And my last one would have to be um, Corey Field. Has a pretty damn good shot too. There you go. Yeah. We practice him pretty frequently. Yeah. Uh, Dylan, I would have to say to you, um, man, uh, Britnikov on the Russians. He, he yeah, made me look one. stupid one time. I was in the 50 yard <laughs> line. I had his back. He stepped in, jumped over the top, and put one ball kind of on me. That was that was pretty shameful. Um, I made it to the one on one final. In uh, when I was in France in 2015, and uh, I went up against Kevin Kevin Coom, and I got him the first time. Uh, the second time I bounced him, and you know I bounced you, Kevin. But uh, now he, he took me down the second match, and then the third match to win. So he's got a he's got a pretty nasty snapshot. And then uh, I'll shout out Graham Graham Arnold on my team, Seattle Uprising. Uh, there you go. Before before Atlantic City, man, we, we did a, a one-on-one tournament kind of at the end of our practice, and he just made us all look stupid. Like, it's, <laughs> he, he was having a really good day, so I'll, uh, nice. I'll give him a shout-out. Uh, I have a question from uh, Brandon Dreary. I hope I said his last name right. Um, he said, would uh, would love to see more big-name companies make their way into sport. Well, actually, just commenting on, on what we were talking about. Um, but I mean, that's the goal really to bring more money into the sport, to make it bigger. Not, and I'm not just saying for the payout for the pros, I'm just saying to bring more attention more or less to the sport. I mean, because I feel like we're passed up and not taking it as seriously as I feel like we should. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Can I keep going, Carl? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Uh, next we have, uh, Grant Pian from Kansas city. St. Louis. He plays for St. Louis Ambition, and he wants to know what's the biggest difference between divisional and professional paintball. Uh, timing and decision making. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna. 
I'm probably going to say the same. And, and, the, and, and the two might coincide. They might pretty much be the same thing, depending on how you look at them. But the, the decision-making, I guess the decision-making and the time of those decisions, the, t- you know, as, the faster those are made uh, between divisions. And I think the, the jump from divisional to pro, those decisions are like this. And obviously they have to be the right ones. But uh, so maybe that's it. That's the choice that you make and the time of the choice. Yeah, Grant, uh, I agree with Carl. Uh, I think timing for sure. Uh, at the professional level, it's really tough. It's like one second things come down to, and, and definitely that decision making. Um, There's less mistakes that? being made. Less mistakes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, if I can relate that to sports, Conor McGregor. Uh, Conor McGregor says that um, timing beats power and uh, no no sorry precision beats power and timing beats speed so if you can be precise and if you can have good timing at the professional level those guys that you see doing it at the top level and doing it best consistently they uh, they've mastered those two components dude I heard he flew on the exact same jet as Floyd Mayweather to their next promotional venue or whatever, dude. dude it's all a it's all a facade. <laughs> they're dude, just they're collecting everyone's money. Oh my god! I I, I swear up and down. I mean, the, I see, think the, see, I think the fight is gonna be real. Don't get me wrong. The fight's gonna be real. But dude, they are just forking in the money and just having everybody just they're just eating it up and just eating it up. And I'm like, dude, the 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 second I watched the first promo of the fight, I was like, dude. This whole thing is just a giant facade, like you said. And they're just going to – both are going to get rich, not have to do anything anymore because everybody's going to – well, this guy's going to win. Well, this guy's going to – does it really matter? Because after this, they both – Floyd Mayweather will go back into retirement and Connor won't have yeah. to do anything for the rest of his life. doesn't matter if he wins or loses. Like, so I'm not going to watch the fight right now. I'm telling you right now, I'm not going to pay money to watch the fight because I could care less. I'm for sure, I'm for sure watching the hype. It'll be on the, the internet fight. tomorrow. Is everything <laughs> after the fight? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next, we have um, Cal Leach. He's from Austin, Texas. He plays for AC Diesel Division Two. He wants to know how much do you think the sport is going to change in the next few years? I think the sport changes every year, you know, in, in very small ways. Um, but I think they're going to try and find five man works but i think they're going to try and find that right fit i think the limited paint thing is going i think is going to happen i think that's our one limiting factor um or that's not being limited right now is, is the paint um it's just finding it's experimental every year is experimental because we haven't found the right mixture yet and until we do Every year is going to be uh, a new venue, a new rule, a, a new format. You know, something's always going to be changing. Yeah, I agree. Um, Cal, I would say um, not much, right? Like there are little changes every year, but as far as uh, as far as major change, uh, I think that we need to be the change if we want to see the change happen. All of us need to, you know, combine our efforts and. Um, and that's the only way we're going to see it, which is my goal, back on ESPN one day or um, another platform. Who knows what that's going to be. Yeah. But uh, I don't have a time frame for that right now for you, but I will tell you that um, 
I love what Carl's doing for the sport right now. You know, things like podcast. Um, I'm trying. Yeah, no, you're doing an awesome <laughs> job, man. You are, and um, and we need to grow the sport however we can. So, cool. All right, yeah, I agree. One. Go ahead. Uh, no, I agree. I agree with you, man. All right, uh, Jackson Frey from Indiana. He plays for Blast Camp Revolution D3. He wants to know: Do you have any tips for coming off of an injury? Uh, rest. Do not do not rush into anything. I mean, that's the the biggest thing for me when I had my uh, my meniscus surgery was rest because if you don't allow yourself to fully recover and you rush into anything like just trying to get back on the field and try to do what you were doing, you are subconsciously going to push your body without knowing it. And you're going to try and step one way that you used to or been able to. And all you're going to do is tweak yourself and you're going to set yourself back weeks, if not months. So give yourself plenty of rest, patience, and just take care of yourself, man. It's just, it'll, it'll, it'll all come back. Just slow it down. It'll come back. No, I, I definitely agree with that, Carl. Um, I had uh, a shoulder injury in uh, 2014. It happened right before one of the tournaments. Uh, it was Chicago in June. And uh, I, I can't miss a tournament, uh, you know what I mean, yeah. whatever it is. There's only five of them a year, so I'm going to do whatever I have to do to play that tournament. And uh, I rushed it. I mean, I think I, I pulled a ligament in my shoulder, and um, I played the tournament the following Friday. And still to this day, it, it bothers me. Dude, so I was really lucky when I was young. Yeah. Dude, I, and, but but you're young though, man. Like you you will you will bounce back from things like that. But if if you don't, you know, take care of yourself, it can be can be. I mean, look at Marcelo. I think Marcelo had both of his knees like had surgery or something like that. It's just just taking care of yourself. Absolutely. All right. Next, we have Travis Crawford. Uh, he's from Michigan. He plays for Team Insanity. He wants to know what can we do to grow paintball. I think we've kind of touched on that. Is um, there anything you want? To- yeah, there's just dude. Be a good person at the paintball field. Um, share your knowledge. Share your equipment. Um, sometimes I don't share my equipment because <laughs> if I watched them to the point before and they slammed everything on the ground, I like my stuff in one piece. If that makes me selfish, then uh, whatever. But uh, but no, just I mean, help help out people who are just getting into the sport because those are the people of the next generation. And um, if you don't, then those people aren't going to come and have a good time. And all they're going to say is, "Well, I didn't have a good time playing paintball because of these other guys that were there, and I'm never going to play again." So just be be a good person at the paintball field. That's how you're going to grow the sport. Okay. Uh, next we have uh, Jay Deertz. He's from Temecula, California. He plays for the SoCal Sonics, and he wants to know your favorite thing to do outside of paintball. Uh, my favorite thing. So I'm gonna take favorite thing as just anything in general, but uh, I'm gonna say uh, just spending time with my family and my son, my wife, just enjoying life with them and watching my son grow up and teaching him things and watching him learn you know how to do anything it's just i love doing it every day it's good stuff 
Um, <clears throat> if I could add to that, uh, traveling with friends. That's, uh, that's my favorite thing to do. Uh, there's nothing like it, uh, experiencing things that, that you, you've never done before and uh, doing it with people that you care about. Um, it's, it's really awesome. So um, my goal in life is to, is to work hard and um, to be able to travel uh, when I want. That's, um, that's special to me. Yeah. So. Um, all right, next we have uh, Pat McKenna from Spartanburg, South, South Carolina. He's uh, the Tampa Bay Damage Coach. Uh, uh, nice. He, he asked us, uh, where do we see our teams three years from now, and more importantly, ourselves? Uh, um, three years from now, I hope to see myself still playing. Uh, I'm on a five-year plan right now, <laughs> depending on how my body does. But um, I, I I see myself still playing, um, you know, possibly still playing for Aftershock. But the team itself, I feel like, is, is slowly but surely on the rise. Uh, I think a few things need to be just taken care of and set in place. And I think we could be competitive again. But until those happen, uh, I, I think we are just going to continue to grow um, and hopefully you know, find that podium eventually. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> shout out to Juicy Jewels, by the way. He, he asked for a shout out. Um, <laughs> where do I see my team three years from now? Um, I see us. Um, sky's the limit for Uprising. You know, if we can stick together um, financially, if, if we can figure it out and uh, keep doing what we're doing, I think uh, the, the sky's the limit uh, for our team. Uh, I think especially this season, we've gotten better every single tournament we've played. And uh, if we can keep up the consistent um, the work, uh, sky's the limit. Uh, for me personally, where do I see myself in three years? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> At all. I mean, I'm 22 now, so at, at 25, uh, I have goals for myself, absolutely, but I don't know where I see myself. Um, I would say a better version than the 22-year-old self I am right now, because I'm just going to continue to work hard and um, focus on what's important in my life and uh, see where that takes me. Yeah. So nice. next week, let's come. Let's do uh, let's yeah, do a couple Sam more questions and then we'll uh, and then we'll go back to the okay, uh, cool, to the cool. podcast. Cool. Uh, Sammy Miami from Philadelphia. He plays for the Seals, and he wants to know what's your morning routine. Uh, my morning routine is uh, I usually I usually wake up um, anywhere between uh, like five thirty and six o'clock. Uh, if it's if it's a day where I'm not having to drive very far for work, I usually wake up, make a cup of coffee. Uh, I make four eggs and I usually eat about a half of an avocado and I try and get a 10 minute meditation session in the morning and uh, a quick uh, stretch and then I am out the door if it's that's usually on a day I'm not I'm not trying to get out and work out but that's usually my morning session I like the avocado that you threw in there yeah my son loves them <laughs> and I, I I made him love them because I eat them all the time so healthy healthy fats yeah. Uh, what's my morning routine? I suck. I am not a morning person at all. Uh, I'm a night owl. If I had it my way, I could uh, I could fall asleep at three and, and sleep in until not nine or ten. But um, I usually get up really slowly, 
Uh, I do like a power shake every morning. So uh, I put a little um, isopure protein in there, uh, Chobani yogurt, a little bit of kale, banana, blueberry, strawberry, ice, blend it up, and then I'm kind of on my way for the day. So nice. focus, on your, uh, focus on your nutrition. It's important. What you eat determines how you feel, all of that stuff. So all right, we have a couple more. All right. Um, Randy... Randy, I don't want to butcher his last name. Sorry, I'm just going to say Randy. He commented in, in the feed. He wants to know, uh, what's your favorite music to listen to before a game to pump you up? So there's a there's a few. like Because I can – there's a couple different moods. Well, what's that? He says pregame ritual, pregame music, all of those things. All right. Uh, so pregame, pregame ritual – I usually try and find a quiet spot and uh, take about five minutes to myself and just just kind of sit Indian style, just kind of close my eyes and just take in the moment and breathe, kind of lose myself uh, for the minute before we play. And then as far as music goes, I, when I was younger, I used to listen to music all the time before I played to kind of get me pumped up. And now I usually listen to it when I'm headed to the field. Um, just kind of no one really don't want anybody to talk you know talk to me or anything kind of listen to music but at the field uh i'm kind of taking in the environment until obviously before the game but now it's more or less kind of like i listen to a lot of folky music now and a lot of acoustic stuff and like i i really still enjoy like the postal service and uh who i can't even think of who else i'm listening to now but uh the avid brothers um yeah, just kind of kind of bands like that. Nice. All right, let me try to answer this. Uh, I love music. Uh, if you ever see me out walking around, walking around, I probably have headphones on. I was just always that way. Um, what do I listen to? Uh, I mean, anything, honestly. But uh, if I had a favorite artist, uh, Wiz Khalifa is my favorite artist. Uh, I think he's great. He has all sorts of variety of music. Uh, I love my boy Martin. Garrix, I get made fun of all the time for liking him, but I think he crushes it in the uh, in the EDM game. Really pumps me up. Um, but sometimes, um, like getting pumped up and being anxious, can kind of uh, uh, make me make mistakes on the field sometimes. And being calm is, is important. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Tropical House. Sometimes I'll throw that in there and uh, just kind of uh, calm down, stay focused. Uh, Pre-game rituals. Uh, stretching, honestly, um, it's really, really important to stretch. You know, every day, every, every day you go into anything, I would, I would stretch before it, really get in tune with your body before you go into competition. Yeah. Uh, touching it. The one thing I'm trying to do now that I'm, that I'm trying to perfect is a handstand. As far yeah. as that whole meditation life and, and, uh, the ohm symbol and all that, <laughs> uh, once I can perfect a handstand, uh, I'm going to feel very accomplished, but it's a work in progress because when you find balance outside the paintball field, I guess you can find it on it as well. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Last, last, question, last question. All right. Uh, um, here we go. Uh, Rich Val from New York, um, he wants to know your favorite accomplishment. Uh, my favorite accomplishment uh, in paintball or in general? 
and paintball. Let's say yeah, let's say paintball since it's paintball related. <laughs> uh, my my favorite accomplishment probably would have to be turning pro would be one of them uh that because that was definitely a, a big dream of mine that i was able to accomplish but uh it was earning my first pro win with uh, with excessive i think that was that was big for me that's awesome all right uh best accomplishment uh as far as a team um for uprising winning world cup in uh 2015 was so huge man i i I only dreamed about winning world cup uh growing up coming up the divisional ranks and uh we had a very successful season it it was so much fun and winning with the team i mean that feeling is uh it's indescribable it's like so so many hours go into it and to actually you know have validation uh for the work that you put in is is something really special and to share it with those you care about and uh, personally, um, the yeah, the, when I was in France uh, competing in the Millennium Tournament, I think there was about uh, 64 competitors in, in a one-on-one tournament, and I made it to the final. And the process of getting there was it was really crazy. I remember one point um, I was going up against this guy, and he kind of went to the 50-yard line on one side of the field, and I went to the 50-yard line on the other side of the field. And this guy just starts taking off for the buzzer. And I could have stopped and, and tried to shoot him as he was getting there, but something in my mind was like, all right, this is just a race to the buzzer right now. Who's ever going to get this is, is going to win. Mm-hmm. And I, I took off. I dove over the start box. I hit the buzzer and, and got into the finals. It was, uh, it was crazy. Oh, jeez, nice. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was something you would do, Carl. I've seen you get <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, I try. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think that's uh, I think that's it. That's that's all we got for the moment. Cool. I plan so, on doing one of those things, like uh, like one of those lives, uh, hopefully soon. I'd love to do one in Chicago or at World Cup. Do a live podcast, um, like be at the event and be recording a podcast and have people sit down and talk for a little bit as they're going by and. So that's that's hopefully my next thing that I'm going to be doing. Hell yeah. All right. Is there anything you want to advise them? Obviously, go check out your podcast. Yeah, just go check it out. Listen to this one when it comes up. And uh, yeah, pretty much uh, we'll see you everywhere. Sweet. All right, yeah, so we're going to get back to the Playing On podcast. Uh, go search that on iTunes. You can download it. Uh, I'm doing it right now with Carl. Uh, he'll be airing it Friday, I believe. Uh, yeah, Friday or Saturday. Friday or Saturday, give or take. And, uh, yeah, we hope to see you soon. Thank you for joining the live session. Hopefully we, we brought you some value. Uh, we love hearing your questions and, uh, let's continue to grow the sport. Nice. All right. All right. Hopefully everybody's still listening. That was a trial that, (laughs) that was just a new trial thing that we wanted to, we want to try out just to kind of bring some uh, some people on as far as, uh, you know, the uh, the internet goes. Trying to get that going. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. I, th- I thought it was cool. I mean, people love doing that. People love interacting with people and, you know, uh, 
being able to talk to somebody like yourself or myself or, you know, any pro or anybody out there. And I get so many messages of people saying, oh, I can't believe you responded to me. And it's so cool. That I was like, man, does nobody really respond to anybody like when they get asked questions or or whatever? I, I do it just because I was in that position once and it sucked when I didn't get an answer from anybody. And, you know, I, I try to I try to respond as quickly as possible to people. No doubt. No doubt. And they, uh, a lot of them are going through the same journey to professional that you went through. Yeah. So hopefully they, they took your answers and uh, they did something with They're going to do something with them, rather. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What, um, what or where did Uprising come from? How did, how did that journey happen? Where did, <clears throat> where did that whole thing start? For me? Yeah. Okay. Um, I was uh, in 2014, my senior year, uh, kind of getting back to what I told you about my cousin, right? I decided to dedicate more and more time to, to playing paintball. Um, I was flying out to California from New York in the off season, trying out for the Ironman that year. So in the process of trying out through the Ironman, I met Nate Schrader, who was uh, playing for the Ironman at the time. Yeah. And somehow he got me on uh, a Canadian X-Ball League team, and some of the Ironman guys were going to be on the roster uh, along with Nate. And Graham Arnold was on the roster. I never met him before. And I met him at the tournament, I think it was in June of 2014. And um, after the tournament was over, he said, hey, you know, who are you playing with? I said, um, I'm going to college in the fall. You know, I'm not really sure, kind of up in the air. And he said, hey, do you want to come play for Uprising? Uh, they were Division One at the time. And um, I said, yeah, yeah, sure, let's, uh, let's give it a shot. I didn't, I didn't know anything about the team, to be honest. Um, other than competing against them um, in Division One, I, I think it was the first tournament of the year in Dallas, mm -hmm. and uh, we did well. It was uh, the West Coast tournament. That was such a great tournament. Did you did you play that with the with the grass like that? That was in Riverside, right? Riverside, Riverside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that was that a was phenomenal nice. tournament, and uh, we we I think we got fifth fifth place and we ended up going 4 and 0 in the prelims and that's something like I never do. I don't know. On all the teams I played with in in from New York like I remember just going 2 and 2 like a lot. Yeah. And uh I mean I played with Wolfpack and and we did really well. We had some um some podiums and played with uh, Wrecking Crew. We we had podium finishes, but this was like it was a really good feeling to go 4 and 0 again. Mm -hmm. And uh got fifth place that tournament and then went into World Cup and uh, made it to the finals. And that was a really, really big deal uh, at the time, to, to make it to the finals in World Cup in Division One. Oh yeah. And we had an epic match with the, uh, the TMG Outlaws. And, uh, man, it was, uh, that was crazy. Uh, I remember going out to the Dorito 2 off the break um, this was uh, this was an overtime. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, this was a tie match with one minute left. The World Cup final. I remember going to the Dorito two off break, so I got a lot of ground, and I had a really good point. Uh, I, sh I I shot one guy, I shot the other guy, and I made it to the fifty Dorito. And uh, unfortunately, uh, one of the players behind me, I guess the ref saw that he got a penalty, and a red flag went up, 
and um, you know a red flag under a minute gives the other team the swing point, and we lost that tournament on a uh, on a penalty oh, in, in the final minute. Yeah, so but more motivation, right, to go into that that next year, 2015. Yeah, and then we kind of just had a um, an awesome run in in the semi pro division. I think we got uh, like four first place and and one second place. Probably similar oh, wow. to when you you were on Avalanche, right? Didn't you guys or you and Aftermath were always going back and forth? Yeah, we had a pretty good rivalry rivalry going back and forth, and I think we won. I think we won a World Cup against them too. Uh, it might have been. I don't know what year it was. I think it was like seven or eight. I think it might have been seven. But those were fun games, man. Those were those oh, were yeah. nail biters for sure. Every single one of them. It's crazy. I feel like it always comes down to something, you know. Yeah. Sometimes. But um, those are the ones you remember. So, what do you think? What do you think works for Uprising now? Uh, because some, I don't know. Somehow you guys fi- figure out a way to beat us. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, as far as in the tournaments go, we, I think you guys are you are one ahead of us right now. I think we, you guys, we face you in all three tournaments, and you guys beat mm-hmm. us twice, and I think we beat you once. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think is the is the winning mixture on the matches that you guys play, and what do you guys think you lack? So, what are your strong points, and what are your what are your weak points on that you think on Uprising? So, one of the strong points I think is chemistry. Um, the core of the team: uh, Graham Arnold, uh, Nate Trader, Brandon Olson, uh, Alex Borromeo. Um, they've been playing together for a really long time. And uh, Joel Eaton has been playing, you know, mixed in between them. Mm-hmm. And then you have the dynamic of uh, Tommy, Tommy Tucker and Aaron Ormrod have known each other for a long time. So they kind of, you know, they are the uprising name. And then you, you have, you know, me and you have James sprinkled in in between that. But, but really it's that, that core, those four core guys that I talked about that really come crunch time, they seem to pull it out and, and, and make big things happen and important mm-hmm. things happen right like we talked about your role you know on the team and, and for my role as a front player my job is to get down the field as fast as possible uh earn some kills for my team and then kind of leave it in their hands and let them kind of pull things out and um because they have so much chemistry and they've been playing together for such a long time that communication is huge in uh in tournaments and i think it's what's allowed us to compete with um the, the, the top teams. Um, yeah. What's our weak point? Closing. Man, we get in so many situations where we'll eliminate someone off the break or two, and we have the body advantage, but we have difficulty closing. And I think that comes with experience, but um, that's one of the most frustrating things is when you know you have the point one and you just slowly give it away or quickly give it away, right? We talk about pro, things happen so fast, mm-hmm. but um, that's that's one of our weak points. Yeah, no, I agree, man, because when you guys are on, you're on. Like, there were the, – the, the times that you beat us, The this last one at least, I think we, we got up on you guys a little bit, but then for some – I don't know what the hell happened, but you guys had flipped a switch, and we just could not figure out anything on you guys. And Air Schrader. Yeah. <laughs> Which is illegal, by the way. You can't yeah. do that. You can, everybody's like, "Oh, he's dunking on everybody." That They're was like, Dude, dope, you, bro. It was okay. It was a man. It was imaginative. It was creative. It was cool, but it was illegal. 
You can't. You cannot. You can't do that. So I'm putting that out there. I've seen you jump over things and flip over things and shoot people. But the, so if he if he jumped up, if he would have jumped up and shot him like this and came back down, that would have been fine. But he supported his weight on the W, which you cannot do. Oh man, me and my buddy were in the pit and we were we were laughing because he the way he described it, he was like Nate jumped up, bunkered the guy. And then had time to look to the left and to the right and come back down or some some shit like Jeez. that. I don't know, but yeah. um, it was such an epic move. But we're a freestyle team, right? Like mm-hmm. I think Nate called that himself. You know, the the coach Craig uh, drew up a play for us, but I think he just totally freestyled that move himself, and that's that's sometimes can suit us really well. Yeah, we're uh, we're a, we're a freestyle team. No, it's good, man. You can tell that you guys, you know, you need some experience. That's for sure. But that's what these tournaments are going to do for you. And uh, the camaraderie and the team, you know, the gelling, the, you can tell that you guys are a tight-knit group. So mm-hmm. that is, that's going to be definitely one of your uh, strong points that uh, going into the, you know, further seasons for you guys. Mm-hmm. So, um, dude, I know we have so much more to talk about, and I'm sure we will do another podcast. But, um mm-hmm. But I think uh, we should we should kind of wrap it up a little bit. You know, I I had a good time, man. I found out a lot about yourself, and it was really cool, kind of hearing of you know all the things and what you've gone through and where, where you came up. And it's so cool too because you're only 22, and it's such a different upbringing as far as into the paintball world than than what I had and what other people have. And it was very cool to hear and and listen to. And but I'm sure we have plenty more to talk about, which we will, you know, in the future for sure. Absolutely. Uh, I just want to tell you, I'm just so appreciative for the opportunity. Uh, this has been really awesome. I've never done anything like this, you know, as far as paintball and, and doing a podcast. So uh, thank you for, for having me on first and foremost. For sure. And um, yeah, if I could uh, give you any words of encouragement, you know, I think uh, what you're doing is great. You know, as far as we talk about, it's on us to grow the sport. I think you've kind of taken it upon yourself to do something like a podcast and to engage an audience and create content and uh, grow the sport uh, further. So, and then on the field, uh, you're a baller, man. Like <laughs> you pull off some crazy shit. You know, I meet you meet a lot of people in life, and some people are just kind of on another level in whatever it is, whether it's business or sports. And you're one of those guys that's on another level. So I really enjoy watching you play. Uh, some of the dynamic moves you pull off, and I look to work hard and. Um, create some of the same magic well i really appreciate it man and and i'm sure you will and i I think it's one thing if i can give you advice enjoy it and and step on that field enjoying what you do and it will reflect um you know and that's that's the biggest thing that's what keeps a smile on my face regardless of the outcome so where can uh where can people find you oh where can you find me uh at alex gray 21 on instagram um on facebook alex gray and um yeah i think that's about it cool cool well until I think, one day i do a podcast you know there you go then i'll be a guest on your podcast <laughs> <laughs> well i appreciate it man and uh and good luck the rest of the season thank you carl i appreciate your time all right no worries alex take care bud all right have a good night brother see ya Hopefully you guys weren't thrown off too much with that live session we threw in the middle. <laughs> that was uh, that was uh, that was pretty cool. I I had a good time with that, and I, I my goal eventually is to to do some live. You know, I plan on doing 
uh, a live podcast, possibly in Chicago, uh, maybe even World Cup if Chicago goes well. But uh, I need to do more live videos anyway. I, I think they're cool. They're very interactive, and it's uh, it's it's a great idea. I think um, you know, not necessarily maybe for every single podcast, but. Uh, but just to throw them in here or there and, and have some live questions I think would be great. Maybe I can, you know, throw it up on YouTube, uh, do a live YouTube thing or a live Facebook thing and go from there. But uh, but thank you, Alex, for sitting down and taking the time, uh, you know, answering some silly questions with me and, uh, and you know, just reliving a bunch of paintball memories. And it's cool because you don't know, you never know where somebody started it out or where they come from or what struggles they're going through until you actually sit down and listen and have a conversation with them. So uh, thank you so much, Alex. Uh, another big thank you goes to our sponsors, Dr. Paintball. Uh, you can find them over at drpaintball.com. Uh, also to Carbon Paintball, where they have a base layer that I wear. But uh, you can find them at carbonpaintball.com. And another big thank you goes to Planet Eclipse, which you guessed it, their website is planeteclipse.com. And uh, and also to Charm City. So I will be giving away a, uh, a headband, but I will be posting everything up on social media. Uh, it'll be a question from the podcast. Uh, you'll have to figure it out, but I'll be posting something up about it um, after I post the podcast itself um, up. So make sure you keep an eye out for uh, any social media posts by myself. Um, that will have anything to do with the podcast giveaway. So, again, guys, man, another one through. That is number twenty. I'm I'm getting through these things. That's, that's awesome. I I every single one of them has been has been great, and you know I can't wait to continue to do this. I I love the feedback. Um, you know, and all the guests have been awesome. So. Thank you to you guys again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And uh, you know that the cool thing about uh, the era of today is that I can have one-on-one -on -one communication with you guys. So if you have any questions, concerns, um, you know, suggestions for guests, go ahead and shoot me a message over on uh, Instagram. It's Kizzle or on the Playing On Podcast Instagram. Uh, and then as well as uh, Facebook, Carl Microwave Markowski. Or, uh, or the Playing On Podcast on Facebook. And I will try and get to your guys' questions as soon as possible. So again, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. And we will see you again soon here on the Playing On Podcast. See ya!